Take 95. <laughs> I am Alex, and I'm super. And I'm Dr. Kevin, and I'm the natural. <laughs> His voice cracked. And I'm Pastor Rob, and I'm still a junkie. And we are the, the Supernatural Junkies. junkies. That yeah, wasn't bad. That's that was good. okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, guys, we are back in the house with actually missing all the other Supernatural Junkies. My wife woke up this morning and wasn't able to even get going here today, but we have a special guest because uh, actually we were at the Renewal Conference here in uh, Plant City, Florida, and I went to high school there, so I'm sure that's why they wanted to have such a big event there actually but no <laughs> plant city is a little bit uh, used to be a little bit hick <laughs> around here anyways but uh so she woke up today not feeling it rob's uh, of course wasn't able to make this date but we met stephen briggs from hatikfa films and is that i say that right you did yeah it's Almost. rare for an american to say it right it's, the first time it means uh the hope hatikfa the that, hope the hope well we're gonna get a lot of hope today and i think you know, so we got to be uh, up there with all pro pastors, and of course, we're able to share with a lot of stuff that's happening. But they were our neighbors, and he also got a chance to get up and speak and uh, talk about the films that they've been doing. But you know, I've been teaching Bible prophecy for about 15 years, and uh, it's impossible to really study Bible prophecy without coming to this intersection with with the country of Israel and really the people of Israel. And so, it's very Probably that's why I teach Bible prophecy today is because my dad taught me a lot of things about Israel, you know. And um, so let me introduce Stephen Briggs, and he is executive producer. Um, they do quite a few different kinds of films, uh, some on the Bible, but more specifically about Israel and about the miracles that are surrounding the Israel. Of course, he also is a big rugby man, and uh, he was a captain of the Jerusalem team. And um, so he's he's been doing that. How long have you been doing this now, Stephen? So I started with the uh, the films in 2008. I lived in Jerusalem prior to that point for four years. And mm -hmm. as you mentioned, I played rugby for Jerusalem. Sadly, the results didn't always reflect the fact that it was God's rugby team. But yeah, you, you, <laughs> we'll, we'll get over that. But um, yeah, so since 2008, I've been involved and originally came on board uh, to be involved in a, a, what was one film called Curse or Coincidence. And I challenged the... Uh, the producer at the time, I said, uh, we shouldn't just leave it as curse or coincidence. It's God's desire to bless. Right. Um, but, uh, and said, so, you know, Genesis 12, 3 points us to that. And uh, Galatians 3, 8 also tells us that that is uh, God's heart and God's desire. So the name was changed from curse or coincidence to blessing curse or coincidence. Wow. And that began a journey that was one film that's become four. And there's many more that are in offline edit completed form. So. Well, of course, when we met, you know, I, I was going to share that... Uh, you know, my heart for Israel. There's a few different charities we support specifically that help people in America become aware of the plight of Israel. And uh, most people are aware of Israel for some of the wrong reasons today. You know, um, my grandfather was a Pentecostal minister for probably 40 years. And, um, and so it's interesting you, you're talking about uh, one of the guys that started this was good friends with uh, Derek Prince. But, um, you know, my grandfather told my dad, that, that one day Israel will become a nation. Yeah. And when my dad saw that happen, right, you know, that's when you get that moment where you're like, oh my goodness, God is in control of history. So I had the same moment with my dad, and we'll, I'll talk about a couple of verses, but the long story short of it is that, you know, I did believe that Israel was God's people, but there were lots of things in the Bible that talked about Israel that I thought were complete rubbish. I just thought, no way, nobody cares about that little country over there. 
none of this is going to happen. And of course, now we can see, you know, that literally the world can't have peace because of Israel. So it's it's amazing how the children of Abraham, you know, are really even today, um, you know, four thousand years later still really dictating what's happening in the world today so that's why i was jumping at the chance to get you guys on so but uh, long story short uh we got to watch a couple only one of the films but uh you said there was a couple of films you guys did before you got even involved uh with yes the yeah so there's there's a whole raft if you want to see the films hatikforfilms.com is the website i'll spell that because it just sounds a bit anti-English in that sense H-A-T-I-K-V-A-H films.com and uh, the first film that was done uh, was in, actually in 2000 took seven years to produce by the producer Hugh Kitson and it's called Jerusalem the Covenant City and uh, that was really what began the work and its uh, original inception that film is uh, the film that we, t we tended to show first because the first hour of the film is purely scripture and it's looking at uh, Jerusalem's past, present and future destiny in the light of God's prophetic word. Mm. Our understanding of Zion, our understanding of the significance of Jerusalem and the outworking of it. The key really being is are you part of Jerusalem or are you part of Babylon? Really? Um, yeah. in, in the sense of looking at how that uh, comes across. So that film was completed in 2000. It looks at the Intifada as well. And I wasn't even aware of the work at that point um and then following on from that there was a, a book called uh, israel blessing or curse that was written in australia um that began the the founder of the works mind in looking okay well how has that been outworked throughout history genesis 12 3 has it happened if so where when why how and they began to look and and develop the understanding of looking okay well if the scriptures say that then where do we start? And the Lord showed them very clearly to start with their own nation, the UK. And so a journey began looking at Britain's role in the restoration of Israel. And of all the nations of the world, my home country uh, had the responsibility given to it by God to be involved in restoring the Jewish people back to the land. I mean, you think of how many nations there are in the world. And uh, we have to kind of tell a little bit of the backstory to that to explain it a little bit, because... Um, in 1290, King Edward I kicked out all of the Jews from the UK. We went into a little bit of a period of dark history in that sense. Nothing much written about that, that period of history with regard to the UK. And then in the 1600s, 16, uh, thereabouts, you had Oliver Cromwell come to power. And Oliver Cromwell was an interesting character in a, in a lot of ways. But one of the things that he decreed at the behest of his colleagues was that the Jews that were being persecuted across Europe could return. He basically undid Edward I's edict. And that resulted in the Jewish people returning back to the UK. At the same time time period, the word of God was being translated into English. Right. And so you had these two things, Jews being welcomed in, and the Bible says, I will bless those who bless you, and him who curse you, I will curse. And then you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And you, at the same time, you had the word of God being given to the layman, so the average person on the street could have access to the word of God, and it was being used to teach uh, people to read and write and, right. and everything else that goes with it. And you had these two things, and these two things appear to be the catalyst for the expansion of the British Empire. No doubt. And so what we did in that uh, that film series, there's two films. One's called The Forsaken Promise, and that looks from 1917 to 1948, if you like, Britain going into decline. And I'll, I'll explain a scripture about that in a, in a moment. And then that film was finished 2004, 2005. It was filmed. And the presenter is an uh, Australian guy called Kelvin Crombie. And he said, you do realize you've only told half the story. We need to go mm -hmm. back. 
several hundred years, we need to look at Cromwell, we need to look at Whitfield, we need to look at Wilberforce, Wesley, Spurgeon, um, J.C. Ra, Robert Murray McShane, Charles Simeon, basically the, 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 pa- the pa- modern-day patriarchs, if you like, of the UK. Wow. And all of those guys, including William Wilberforce, had a, uh, an understanding of the Scripture for two key components. One was the gospel had to be preached to the uttermost parts of the earth. Right. That's a precondition for the Lord to return. Mm-hmm. And secondly, Israel had to be restored. That's what the scriptures say. And so you have these two components that are there. William Wilberforce was involved in the founding of the London Jew Society. He wasn't just involved in removing slavery. He was very, very aware of what the scriptures say with regard to that and uh, was looking to that end. And so you had all of these people praying who had a restorationist vision. Israel is going to be restored. We should be praying to that end. And in that period, of course, the gospel went forward across the nation, transformed the nation. The law of God was taken to the uttermost parts of the earth, and the sun never set on the British Empire. Yes. So that culminated 300 years or thereabouts in Britain being given the responsibility to restore Israel back to the land with the Balfour Declaration yes. and what was promised in, in that declaration. That was further unpacked in, in San Remo when the, uh, the major powers of the day, you had France, Italy, Japan, and the UK met in San Remo in Italy and carved up the Middle East after the end of the First World War. America were observers in that. And Britain was given the responsibility for what was then known as Transjordan, uh, Transjordan-Palestine area. Winston Churchill took a pen and he drew down the Jordan River. Wow. And... Uh, there's a verse in Joel 3 that's very, very interesting in light of that because it says, In the latter days, when, not if, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I'll bring the nations into Emek Yehoshaphat, which in Hebrew means the valley of God's judgment or the valley where God, God executes his, his, his judgment on nations. Not because of sin. It says, Because they divided my land and scattered my people. Oh, now, my goodness. Now, Britain divided the land. Oh my goodness. And, uh, with a pen, by the way. With a pen, yeah. Down Jordan River, there we go, and created a country that wasn't a country, Jordan, and created, pa- well, Palestine that was, it was then named as Palestine. So you had this division take place, I think it was May of 1921. And Churchill was obviously lauded in many other ways, but on this occasion, actually, what he did was bring Britain into a bit of trouble um, before Almighty. And so. We had this situation where Britain went from being under the blessing of Genesis 12 into decline. Um, because you divide God's land, he divides you. The Obadiah one fifteen says, As you have done to the nation, so shall it be done to you. You will reap what you sow, essentially. That's right. And so we saw Britain, empire, sun never set, to being an offshore island of Europe, struggling to find its identity with a divided society. Um, from 90, well, Ireland separated itself, um, at that point, that was the beginning stepping stones for their independence. And then we've seen division after division after division to the point in Hong Kong, 1997. Uh, last month, Barbados mm. uh, lowered the Commonwealth flag and has gone into bed with China. It was part of the, the Commonwealth. And, wow. and so we're seeing this um, fragmentation and, uh, uh, and division take place. Yes. Is it mere coincidence or is there more to it? Well, you know, there's no doubt, you know, God has sowing and reaping, period. It doesn't matter what it is. And when it comes to what we sow and what we think about Israel, that's also something that God has, again, promised to bless. You know, what I would say for me is that if you read your Bible and God is making you promises, right, and you're going to take those at faith value, you also have to back up and remember that he has made a lot of promises, 
right? And that all of his promises are going to come true. And especially to the people groups, right? God is never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. And that also means Israel. And so for me, it's difficult to read your Bible and not realize kind of what you said, that in God's way of looking at things, the whole world is one of two cities, like you said. Jerusalem being God's city, and then the world city is, of course, Babylon. And we see that really come out in the prophetic times. But it's the same thing. God wants us to be his people, right? All of us as Christians, you know, we're grafted in. He didn't start something new. He grafted us into what was already there, hmm. this, this divine family, really, right? Yeah. And so this is where we have to remember that we have a heritage. If you're a Christian, you know, you have a connection with the Israelite people right and that's part of what we are and so you know restoring that heritage and our identity with respect to our faith you know it's impossible for that to not connect me to what's happening in israel today you know and realizing that this is also prophetic right well and just to add into that i mean most people say well that's all old testament stuff that doesn't really matter well uh, uh, Romans 15 verse 27 says if you've received of them spiritual things you owe it to them in carnal things that's right and so we've received the heritage and, and we have to thank the meticulousness of the Jewish people with regard to recording the scriptures there's no doubt um, They, uh, if there was even one tiny little mistake a scroll would be thrown right and so the, the scribes are uh, somebody that we need to, a people group that we need to thank tremendously for their <laughs> diligence and in, in stewardship and making sure there's not one mistake. And the, the Dead Sea Scrolls that were found in Qumran validated that Isaiah, yes. uh, the full book was found, is, is accurate. And the, the, the version that we have to this day is accurate. There yes. is a, a validity that's, that's brought about through that. And so, and, and I often say to people, you know, um, 2 Timothy says uh, all, all scripture is profitable for teaching for reproof for correction in sound doctrine and uh, there's a lot of Christians that simply play in, in the New Testament only right uh, but if you want to play with less than a full deck be my guest but you know my <laughs> Bible consists of 66 books and not 27 right and so I'm going to play with the full deck I'm not in an irreverent way but in a way of saying actually every aspect of this scripture is vital for us in our understanding of where we are in history and of uh, of what we're going to face in the days ahead it's uh the manual for life and it's also true though when you study the old testament i mean now you're talking you know a lot of years later right we're talking four thousand years of human history and you're seeing that god is faithful right and and that's what you see with israel to me again there's been multiple movies made about you know the miracle of israel and there's even a little series that I watched on, uh, I think it was Amazon. They were pretty old. Uh, and then there's a couple of movies on those as well. And the reason I watch them is because, to me, when you study Israel, and this is what I know you guys bring out because we got to watch yours, is that it's a miracle. Mm. <laughs> it's one miracle after the other. People are looking for God in the world today. Yeah. And they're looking for a miracle. Yeah. And in a way, you know, Jesus had the same problem. Hey, show us a sign. Right. And what was he? What did he say? The sign, the sign would be basically that when he came out of the tomb, right, that would be the sign. But the same way Israel has come out of the tomb, how many times now? And you can see that God has never left them and never forsaken them. Generations have died. Right. There was generation that even died in the wilderness on the, on the way to the promised land. But the bottom line is, is that God is faithful and true. And so if you lose this heritage, you lose your heritage, you lose the faithfulness of God. And uh, the good news about, you know, lifting Israel up too high is, I mean, think about it. Everybody in the Bible, 
it, it, it shared the good and the bad. <laughs> it did not make these people look like, you know, they were all saints or something, right? So that's what also is most encouraging when we look to those Old Testament figures because they, you know, they're just like us. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. You know? we, we walk their journey. I mean, the, the Jew, uh, it says in uh, the Romans, the Jews seek for signs, the Greeks seek for wisdom. You know, that, that yes. has, hasn't changed. It's still a reality. Some people want their intellectual understanding to be... Um, uh, to be restored others say well uh, show me how it works one of the rugby guys that I played with in Israel said well you know you're a Christian show me show me how it works give me the practical applications of it that's what they're about they want to see the evidence of it and uh, and the, but the western world tends to think academically theologically oh we've got a reason come now let us reason together you know this is the process and premise and you have these two areas that actually are interlinked and people use it as an excuse on, on, on the one hand um, but on the other hand, actually, this is something that, that shows the, the validity of the scriptures as well. I mean, we have to remember that Jesus never had or never used the New Testament. It wasn't even written. Right. Um, and so we are afforded the full counsel of God in, in regard to that. And, but, um, and we could spend the whole rest of the podcast talking about Romans 9, 10, 11, or we could focus on a whole, whole number of, of scriptures. But to come back into what this series was was all about a blessing curse or coincidence i want to just highlight something in galatians 3 and verse 8 it says for scripture foreseeing that god would justify the gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to abraham saying in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed right so that's genesis where is that quoted from genesis 12 and he called it the gospel he called it the gospel and so we have a statement here what is that statement in genesis 12 3 i will bless those who bless you and him who curses you i will curse and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed now we have to remember this is the the kickstart for the journey of abraham and his family leaving their home leaving what their security leaving their business leaving everything that they had to start a journey of faith to the city or to the place that god would end um and them arriving at that they didn't even know what it would look like and you have in hebrews it talks about abraham looking for the city whose builder and maker is god he began the journey of faith on a single sentence that we see in galatians (laughs) as being defined as the gospel now in our english we lose something compared to the hebrew so in the english it's i will bless those who bless you two sets two words are the same blessing and bless i will curse him who curses you two completely different words in hebrew says i will bless those who bless you him who disesteems you mocks you belittles you in effect says nasty words about you i will crush oppose destroy right to compare and kalal if you want to look it up to just check that i'm not making Say things that up. one more time ara and kalal awesome okay and so those two words give us changes the whole dynamic of it yes why because what well, galatians tells us that passage is the gospel Right. Therefore, both the blessings and the cursings are for the purpose of salvation. Mm-hmm. God doesn't desire to curse. He does it in order to bring us to himself. Or if I could say it like this, Britain was involved in the physical restoration of Israel because she has a responsibility to be involved in the spiritual restoration of Israel. Right. Europe was saved because Britain was outside of Europe in the Second World War. God, in his mercy and grace, has put Britain outside of Europe again as a result of Brexit, in order to be involved in their spiritual restoration. Whether she sees and fulfills that calling is contingent on the body of Christ in the land of the UK, right. taking up her responsibility before God. At present, it doesn't seem like that's going to be realized. But God, 
as he says in the word, 7,000 haven't bowed the knee to Baal. May that be the reality for the UK, may it be the reality for the US. And so this is where the journey began with the, uh, the film series looking at, okay, I talked about the two ones on Britain and one's called The Forsaken Promise, one's called The Cyrus Call. You can see them on our on-demand page on, uh, on Vimeo. And then we moved into, uh, in 2008, beginning the film series that we thought was just going to be one film. Uh, we thought it was going to be called Blessing, Curse or Coincidence. The first t title in the series is now called Abraham's Vision. Originally, it was Israel, the womb of the kingdom of God on earth. Hmm. It's a mouthful, right? Say it back to me. You know, it's something that's not very easy to A, remember. Theologically, it's true. Putting a womb on a title, understand that you have to have a certain minimum maturity and understanding of the Bible in order to recognize that Israel is the womb of the kingdom of God on earth. Yes. And so Abraham's vision, do you see what Abraham saw began the journey? And so we were like, okay, so where in the canon of scripture does Genesis 12 play out? And there's a whole number of places. But uh, let's just give two examples. Exodus 1, Pharaoh orders the Hebrew male babies to be drowned. They weren't, but the very last verse of Exodus 1 uh, it tells us that they, the, the babies weren't drowned, but that was the intent. But Pharaoh's men were drowned chasing the Israelites through the Red Sea. Yes. <laughs> is it mere coincidence or is there more to it? Right. Another one is the book of Esther, Haman and Mordecai. You know, Haman sets out, if he just set out to kill Mordecai, God would have probably allowed it, you know, because he wasn't critical to the seed. But mm -hmm. because Haman set out to destroy all the Jews across 127 provinces of Susa of Babylon, God had to step in. Yes. And who was it who ended up on the gallows? It was Haman himself. You reap what you sow. He sought to hang Mordechai. The resulting consequence, he was hung himself. Is it mm. mere coincidence or is there more to it? Absolutely. Well, you know, I think about a lot of misconceptions. And, you know, when we think about Israel and the covenant that God really made with them, you know, when they met with, with God at Mount Sinai, one of the things you know, that they said was God, you know, to Moses, you go talk to God, but let not us talk to God lest we die. So, you know, it's very clear that God wanted Israel to be a nation of priests. And a priest is an intercessor, but a priest doesn't need another priest. So if they, if they were all intercessors, who are they interceding for? I believe it's because God wanted them to take that out to the world, right? And so we start to see here that the reality is like everybody, even we as Christians, you know, God has given us a will but a lot, and, and, a, and a paradigm to go ye therefore into all the world. But a lot of times we don't do it. A lot of times we can't even talk to our neighbor, right, about our faith, you know. But to me, you start to realize that, that, that Israel was God's family. When you say God's people, you could also say it's his family. And, and God, everything he did here is about family. And, and he wants us to be a part of that family. And that doesn't mean we all have to have the same cultures, like the, the Jewish culture or the Israelite culture. But the point is, we're all part of that family. And that's what I think is so crucial. If you don't understand that the original people that joined God and became part of his family were Israel, right? This is what this is all about. God will never leave them, forsake them. This is an everlasting promise and covenant. And like he says, He's on their side. He's going to back them up. He is going to bless okay, them, right? Anytime you bless that, those people, you become on God's side. He's never going to go on the other side of Israel. It doesn't mean there aren't consequences, right? But this is where I, I look at this whole thing, and you realize that God, once we're part of his family, 
those same things can start to apply to us. But we have to go back to that beginning, that original. And like you said, this was the womb. This is where it all started was with one man making this covenant and then the descendants. And then that sense, through our faith, we become, you know, a, a progenitors of Abraham's faith, you know, that where we have, have accepted that in our gospel. So, so it, you know, to me, it's so powerful. And people have just lost that, you know, that connection that we need to have with the fathers of our faith and it all goes back to those fathers and uh, and you when you restore that you know part of your faith you realize that the old testament only proves just how awesome awesome really god is yeah yeah, yeah. well if you and if you want to kind of put it into a slight frame it in a slightly different way you've got genesis only a couple of chapters in genesis are, are actually on uh, creation right and obviously the most important verse in the whole bible is in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth because if that's not true then none of it none of it matters right but because it's true everything matters and so the unfolding of that first verse but two chapters on creation three if you want to talk about the fall 38 chapters on abraham and his family <laughs> and so you know if you purely want to look at stats of how much time is spent dwelling on these things it's quite interesting yes. to note and observe and and the unpacking of that and you've talked about I often say to people, you know, yeah, if, if the Jewish people had welcomed uh, Yeshua as their Messiah, then the Gentiles would have had no part to play in the story. It's but, true. But the scriptures talk in Deuteronomy about that rejection at the end of Deuteronomy for, for the, the nations to come in. And Romans 11 says it very, very clearly. In Romans 11, verse 15, it says, um, For if the casting away of them, that is the Jewish people, is the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be, that is the Jewish people, but life from the dead. Now, that Ooh. passage there where it says life from the dead is the same word that's used in Greek for Jesus' resurrection of which you and I, Kevin, are a uh, consequence of 2,000 years later. So if he's framing it in those circumstances, then when the Jewish people recognize their Messiah, mm then we're going to see a tremendously amazing set of circumstances of which the fallout is huge. You just sent chills down my spine because you have those moments and you realize, wow, God is, is amazing he's and he work. is in control and he's at work, you know. So um, on that particular video, it was really good because they talked about some of the connections with how America was also involved in, in really Israel becoming a nation again. And also a couple instances of how we supported them and things went pretty well and maybe a couple things didn't go so well. Okay, so yeah, you're talking about the fourth film in the series now. Yep. So we've, we've jumped over a couple, but that's fine. Do you fine. want to go back? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's no problem at all. I'll, I'll, I'll work backwards from it. So the latest film in the series, and predominantly an American audience, is called America and the Israel Effect. And that's the fourth film in the series and looks at how America's been involved in the survival of Israel. Um, again, it's available on the website, hatikfafilms.com, streaming. And uh, it looks at how um, American presidents have uh, been involved in, in that process of uh, securing Israel's safety at time, times of need, historically. And there's, there's a parallel uh, thing going on here with the UK and the US. So we have another film called Cyrus Nations UK, which precedes this one and looks at the UK's involvement in, in Israel's recreation again. What did that look like? Because if we if we just go UK and then USA, how did that how did that pan out as far as those the blessing Israel turn into a blessing for Israel? I mean for uh, the UK and then also for America. 
Okay, so well, there's this. Uh, there was a restorationist vision. I mean, I talked about the Forsaken Promise and and the Cyrus call earlier on, and they were really the expanded versions of what's in this Cyrus Nations UK. And Cyrus was a man who wasn't redeemed, who was used of God to bring the Jewish people back to the land. And uh, the parallel, it's in Isaiah, it talks about a man of God's counsel uh, as a bird from the east helps the Jewish people to return from, from Babylon. And uh, in this modern generation, we've seen the nation of Israel be restored and, and um, external powers have been involved in that, both the UK and the US, and through a number of different mechanisms, not least, obviously, the Second World War and the outworking of that um, that t- took place. But you had on this side of, on, on the British side of the, the Atlantic, you had um, the likes of William Wilberforce, Wesley Spurgeon, all seeing and desiring that restoration. Mm-hmm. On this side of the pond, you had the likes of D.L. Moody, uh, William E. Blackstone, um, you had Cyrus Schofield, you had uh, John Nelson Darby, who came from the UK seven times yes. to the US and traveled a- across the nation, uh, proclaiming the restorationist vision and, and sharing the gospel. And uh, um, He didn't just tra- travel to America, he went across the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. He was on a, on a mission to share the truth of God's word and, and the Niagara conferences came out of that and within that there was a restorationist vision, of course, Moody Bible Institute, all of these. Uh, and William E. Blackstone had a... Um, had a what's called known as the Blackstone Memorial now he wrote a book uh, which he just put his initials on called um, Jesus is Coming yes and uh, he just initialed it WEB fantastic little book Um, but he also recognized that could it be that there is an opportunity for America to be involved in a uh, a restoration of Israel back to the land he put a document together ended up being on the front page of the Chicago Tribune 413 uh, key players at the time, uh, future presidents, senators, you had J.P. Morgan, Rockefeller, um, the whole list of people. It's an amazing document of names of the who's who of that generation. Mm. And this was in 1891, 96, around that time, just from, from memory. And that document ended up being on the front page of the Chicago Tribune. Uh, th- 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 there was a time for America to be involved in the restoration of Israel. So this film looks at those sorts of things, looks at America uh, and its involvement in that, Amer- America in, in Israel's survival, but also raises the question, where's America going to end up? Right. Because if America follows the same suit in pursuing to divide the land, then the same thing's going to happen as happened to Britain. Amen. And that's so, exactly what's going to happen. And so that's what we what we are really looking at, saying, okay, well, is this mere coincidence or is there more to it? There's one other film in the series that we haven't mentioned yet, and that's Jacob's Tears. That's the, the second film in the series. And that looks at um, where was the church in the lead up to the Holocaust? Mm. Why did the church largely acquiesce to Hitler? What were the preconditions that brought that about? And we have footage in there of, of churches where the swastikas put up on either side of the altar. And you yes. even have Hitler's face in churches being raised and, and honored. And, and it's a, a very harrowing period of history to think that actually uh, Jews perceived that, well, Hitler stated that he was a Christian. Right. And so when you're coming and you're engaging with uh, uh, Jewish people and you say I'm a Christian well the, the baggage is huge right you know and actually there were there were things that Christians did in the past that were very good in support of Israel but you've got that history that heritage well this so-called Christian um, decimated minimally six million of my people you know exactly <laughs> so uh, it's worth us understanding and being aware of this and actually saying well what is the history that surrounds it um, well, there's probably nothing more significant. You know, we're, we're doing a lot of, I mean, China is doing 
virtually everything that Hitler wished he could have done. You know, they are using mind control. They are genetically modifying. Remember, he was looking for the overman, the, the genetically superior race. And, and this is what China's already doing, you know. So they probably have implants. They're probably using frequencies for mind control. I mean, this is the level of evil, you know, that we're starting to see happen in the world. And unfortunately, this generation is, is not rising up to stop these evils, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, 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 but you do look at this, that whole situation, you know, is, is very much resonant for today. I'm going to have to get that one and, and watch it because, like you said, that's, I use it all the time that the things that are happening in Germany are starting to happen even in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, so one of the other things that I thought was really neat about that film was is it talked about you know it called it restorationism and really it was christian zionists that just believed that this was god's land and that your bible has been teaching for two thousand years that one day they were going to get their land back and that is your bible in action and so you started to see a real movement really from britain to america and so on and so forth of just christians reading their bible saying hey it seems like God is going to give them back their land. And then again, you look at world events, and there's no doubt that the Holocaust motivated the Jewish people to say, hey, look, we've been betrayed by everything and everyone, everywhere we've ever been, right? And whether it was Spain or Britain or whoever it was kicking the Jewish people out, right? I think you even covered in that one how they were down in Brazil, was it? Recife, yeah. 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 And, and, yeah. and they got kind of kicked out of there, and then they came here to America, so you can see this re- repetitive thing in the idea that we're, we're going to take control of our own fate. We're never going to trust another nation, you know, to allow us to live safely. So you can certainly understand, you know, why a lot of that developed. But it's absolutely the proof of Bible prophecy. You know, I, I use, you know, my number one verse that I use is really Luke 21. And in there, Jesus is telling them, you know, everything that was going to happen to them and how everything would be thrown down and so on and so forth. They'd be led away captive and so on and so forth. But then he gets to this point and he says, and Jerusalem would be trodden down to the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles was fulfilled. Now, that's 1967, not just the 48 date, because they didn't take Jerusalem in that particular one, or at least maybe they only had it for a very short period of time. So I use that verse to say that's something in that scenario where, where Jesus is talking about events leading up to his, his coming. And you have a 2,000-year gap between when he was talking to them. But we just saw that happen in 1967. And then it talks about how the generation that sees this is not going to pass away. So this is one of the reasons I show people that Israel is, is God's proof. It's an absolute miracle. It's, it's just mind-boggling that, you know, a, a, a language can be lost three times, you know, that a nation can can maintain an identity and still go through multiple captivities, you know. And again, you get to that 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 part of Ezekiel where it talks about being, how can a nation be born in a day? Mm-hmm. You read that passage, you know, and how the dead men's bones. And, and Jonathan Kahn has a beautiful um, uh, movie about what, when they went out there to Masada and they they discovered all those bones, and the scripture that was written there said exactly the same thing, that the bones would come back to life. And so it's, it's just amazing the way God's, you know, scriptures prophetically have been promises that he made to them that are still coming true today. 
if if you're a fan of the the Valley of Dry Bones, there's a there's a clip in our um, in Cyrus Nations UK that you'll love. We've we've re reenacted that. What's what's crucial with it is the fact that the bones come together first before he breathes his life into them. Yes. And so the the Israel as a nation, if I could say it in a couple of different ways, Israel is still Jacob by nature. Right. Jacob means twister. Right in in the Bible, heel, heel grabber. Yeah, twister, double crosser, meddler, schemer. That's what his name is. Yaakov. It's uh, it's 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 in the Hebrew. That's what it is. And he is transformed to Israel, prince with God, Israel. Um, once he's wrestled with God, so Israel in in her modern form at present, unredeemed as she is, is still Jacob by nature. Her nature hasn't changed. It's only when she finally wrestles. I'll say that again. It's only when she finally wrestles that um, with God by herself, when she's left alone to fend for herself, that she will be turned from Jacob to Israel. And so you, the process of that, it's like Abraham and, uh, and Sarah, they, they were Avram and Sarai. And uh, it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, Ham was added to Abraham's name in order to make him kosher. <laughs> that's um, right. So, But there's a letter Hay in there, the, the fifth, and it's the letter Hay that's added into abram's name and into sarai's name that is a picture it's the number five in hebrew and so it's a symbol of grace and being administered into abram and sarai's life and but coming back into into that with regard to israel's restoration as well and looking at it and looking at the unfolding of that and looking at our timing and where we live now i i've been on this this trip to the the u.s been over and over this scripture has come to us as part of what we've been sharing acts one you have the resurrected Messiah, the resurrected Jesus, Yeshua, teaching his disciples for 40 days in the best Bible school you could ever attend. <laughs> they didn't get a doctorate at the end of it. They didn't get a, a, a certificate or a, a couple of letters after their name. And that was immaterial. They spent 40 days. And the only question they had at the end of that Bible study, that end of that Bible school, will you restore the kingdom to Israel no it wasn't will you restore the kingdom to Israel it was in other words the question of restoration wasn't the issue it was will you at this time mm. restore the kingdom to Israel in other words it was simply a question of timing and so you have a scenario how does Jesus respond he says it's not for you to know the times or seasons which my father has set but you shall be my witnesses and you shall be witnesses for me in, uh, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth in other words the question of Israel's restoration wasn't in doubt the question was you've got a job to do go and tell the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth when the time comes that israel needs to be restored that's the generation that needs to know that israel's being restored the kingdom's being restored to israel wow and so we have a situation where we are actually living in the day and age that the disciples wanted to live in absolutely and so that's that should change our whole attitude and our whole um understanding of where we are you're in a privileged position you're in the, the generation that the disciples wanted to live in because israel even though she's still unredeemed in nature is restored back to the land and if you want if i can put it if in another way 2 peter 1 verse 19 to through 21 says we have the word of prophecy made more sure Whereunto you do well that you take heed as to a, a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rise in your hearts. But understand this, no prophecy is a matter of private interpretation for men spoke of God being moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, how is prophecy made more sure? 
prophecies either true or false how is it made more sure well i i would say maybe the more you know of what it is a lot of times what happens is things happen we don't even we don't even know our bible so we don't even know that it was a fulfillment okay yeah I get, one yeah. theory one theory it's and it's a partial partial element to it but here is peter writing that he has the word of prophecy made more sure how was he made how what, what did he see he was an eyewitness mm. and because he was an eyewitness he could say that he had the word of prophecy made more sure that it's worth taking heed he saw with his eyes what had happened mm. in jesus's death burial resurrection and ascension and you and i today can say with even more confidence than the apostle peter we have the word of prophecy made let's add a word in there even more sure and you are right because we are witnessing the fact that god hey you know jewish people have a reputation exactly what you just said you know still we can see that 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 subverter you know type of, of mindset right but yeah again yeah. aren't we all and that and that same story of redemption with with jacob is the same story that god wants to have with us and that's why that's the original story that's the the template and do you want that template or not? I, I want to get up. I want to give up my Jacob, right? Yeah, so absolutely. I can be more like Israel. I want to be a, a prince in his house. I want yeah. to be a part of his family. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you can start to see that's why this is all, you know, totally connected. And the fact that, like you were saying, here Peter saw these things. And for him, that made it more sure. And here we are seeing the same thing happen. We are seeing that God has brought Israel back into the land to redeem them right and they still retain some of that old nature mm -hmm. <laughs> but to god they are israel yeah. and he is always going to be on their team and it's important for you us to realize we have to get on that team yeah well and, and understanding that actually let me let me frame it again in a slightly different way and hopefully this will help your listeners so you kevin can't be a witness to people living in japan you don't live there right you can't be a witness to those living in uh in tennessee or in la because you don't live there yeah okay so you can communicate with those because of the nature of the generation we live in but you are called to be a testimony of messiah to those in your locality right mm. so you in micro are a witness of who he is to those around you, you're a witness to your family, you're a witness to your neighbors, you're, uh, you can be a witness, you can be a testimony of Jesus to those around you. In micro, in macro, Israel is the witness that there is a God in heaven that the nations have to answer to for their actions. So your neighbors have to answer to God because they see him uh, reflected in and through your actions and how you carry yourself. In the same way, Israel is the reminder to the nations that there's a God they have to answer to for their actions. And that's why she's so hated. Yes. Because it gives a litmus test and gives a responsibility and says, oh, actually, this is a nation that we need to look to and see what they're doing. That's why she's the leading nation with regard to everything that's going on at present. She's right. failing at it, but she's a leading nation in, the, in, in, in that regard because she's a unique nation set apart. In this generation, in the space of 70 years, she's become one of the most influential nations in the world absolutely after being not a nation as a in our understanding of what nations are right and and that's some that's a whole nother subject in of itself what constitutes a nation um in jewish tradition nation was formed from the tower of babel the first space program if i could put it in those terms 
uh, skyscraper. You know, this is what they were intended to do. Jewish tradition says out of that came 70 languages, 70 people groups. And so you have uh, a scenario where is a nation d defined by its language? Is it defined by its geographical territory? Or is it defined by whether it's a uh, Facebookite, an Amazonianite, a Googleite, or, a, uh, or I should say Metaite now? Um, you know what defines nations and what defines nationhoods and how do we see that so yeah and and you alluded earlier to the the understanding of jacob wrestling with god and, and yes. becoming israel that is a picture of all of us absolutely and, and so that's the way i feel you know <laughs> we are jacob we do wrestle with him we are naturally twisters meddlers schemers and it's only when we are found alone in a desperate situation thinking that those ahead of us are going to kill us <laughs> those behind us are chasing us that we come to a place of wrestling and, and jacob comes out leaning on his staff and worshiping and that's where god wants to get us to coming yes. out of the wilderness leaning on the staff of our beloved and that's knowing right. that he's going to carry us home uh, and what a glorious day that's going to be and sometimes we might have a limp after wrestling with yeah, god yeah absolutely you know and the thing is if you if anybody's feeling like favoritism here i'm sorry folks there is no way to 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 make a case that somehow you know, God's family is God's family. He will never leave them, forsake them. But the Bible says the Lord loves whom he disciplines. And you can see that the, the Israeli people have been disciplined like maybe no other country has ever been disciplined. So there should be no jealousy there on, on all on my part. I, <laughs> I'm i pretty happy that, you know, sometimes we, we stay out of that. But you can see that nonetheless, while they've had generations that died, uh, in the wilderness, they also have been able to be carried on to this day. And I believe exactly, you know, what he's saying here that, you know, this is a miracle. This is a witness that God is in control of history, that God still has his people, right? And he still has a plan and his promises will come to pass. I mean, after 2000 years, right, people had pretty much given up hope, right? That's a long break. Here you have a, a prophetic you know, utterance by Jesus telling us what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, there's a 2,000 year break between and Jerusalem will be trodden down to the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles is fulfilled. And that's like that's something we couldn't have anticipated. Right. And so but that's how in control God really is. Right. And besides, we didn't know what God was going to do in the times of the Gentiles. He was doing a mighty work. Right. So this is all above our pay grade. But the key here is to reconnect with these original divine narratives because they give us a place in God's family. And that's what's so powerful. And it's it's just an undeniable witness. I think really the reason why Leonard Nimoy did that film, because he, most people would say he's probably atheist. He's probably an agnostic. But again, if he was just looking at the world, what's the most obvious proof, right? The world is exactly what the Bible said it would be in these times. And I think the one scripture I struggle with with my dad was about how Jerusalem would be, you know, a couple of trem a couple of trembling for the whole world, that somehow it would be this focal point, you know. And of course now we laugh at that, but I said, Dad, nobody would ever care. I mean, it's just a little kid. How in the world does the whole world can't have peace because of Israel? Well, now we know we have these everlasting hatreds that are going on between Abraham's children, right? And then the Arabs are sitting on top of all this oil, which our societies need this oil in order to have cheap energy so that, that we can really have some of the things we have. And so you start to see this dynamic happen, that God knew all of this. And so for me, that's one of the reasons I'm like, man, God is in total control of this whole thing. 
And the bottom line is that Israel being there is the greatest sign. It's the super sign that God is here, that he is, he is, this is the times of the Gentiles is fulfilled, that he is now moving forward in Bible prophecy. And we're going to start to see some of those other things start to happen as well. Yeah, there's a, a, um, a great quote. I think it was Benjamin Disraeli was asked by, uh, by a king in the UK, um, give me evidence for God. And his statement was, the Jews, your majesty. The Jews, yep. And so we, we face a, a, a great hope. And coming back to why uh, the hope is what, we're, what the film ministry is called, Hatikva. Now, Hatikva is the national anthem of Israel. Um, but uh, in Hebrew, the word for tikva, the hope, um, as it's termed, our understanding of hope is, uh, I hope I'm going to have pizza tonight, or I hope the weather's going to be nice. I mean, normally that's the case in Florida. But I mean, I hope that I'm going to be able to see so-and-so or do this or that. There's a speculation about it. It's not a guaranteed. But the tikva, the hope in the Bible, is a hope with certainty. Right. And so, and what's interesting in the Hebrew tikva is that actually that's interchangeable with wait. So where we have, I waited patiently for the Lord, I he inclined and heard my cry, that can be translated, I hoped expectantly knowing he was going to answer. Right. And so just to give a, a, a word picture for our listeners, there's a fascinating, often with Hebrew, you have what the word means, and then the Lord in his mercy gives us a picture somewhere else in scripture that unpacks that for us. It's progressive revelation. And so this word tikva, is the same word that's used for Rahab's scarlet cord that she hangs out of her window. Okay, so she hangs hope on a rope. Okay, that's that's the reality of it. It's an ever-strengthening cord. The longer we hold on to it, the stronger it becomes. The longer we intertwine it, the longer that we wait for the expected hope, the stronger our faith should be. It shouldn't diminish it, it should increase it. And so that's why Hatikva is all about restoring hope, showing God is at work in all of history he's at work in the rise and fall of nations he's all about highlighting who he is and his character he's faithful to his word he's unpacking his word he's causing nations to rise and fall and as the premise of the film we look you know the babylonian empire is no more the spanish empire is no more the dutch empire is no more the ottoman empire is no more the british empire is no more let's go back even further the roman empire nebuchadnezzar statue no more italy's still there but her lifting days are over the greek empire is no more greece is still there but she's in a right old mess financially and on every other level uh the the um the list goes on and on and on. Is it mere coincidence or is it the word of God going into effect? Yes, and when you really study world history, that's when you start to realize this, this just doesn't happen. It hasn't happened once, let alone multiple, multiple times. And so this is this, this promise that God made to Abraham and specifically to Jacob to turn him into an Israel. And uh, so, I mean, I... I you have put chills down my, my spine several times today because this is the hope, the hope that we need to have, that we need to know that because of what God's faithfulness to Israel, we know that also he's going to be faithful to us. Amen. And that these are times he is completely in control of. The Bible says in that same passage that, you know, in Luke 21, it talks about men's hearts failing them for fear. We are entering into a stage where people are fearful. We've had two years of fear. Right, We ain't seen nothing yet. And that's what I'm saying. And so this is the time where I love what you said about Rahab throw, throwing out that, that, cord. that yeah. cord. Folks, today's the day you need to throw out your cord. Today's yeah. the day. God, God is coming. And, and the thing is, is that it doesn't matter where you live. 
but you can be the one that helps to bring God into the situation. And uh, so I feel like, man, that's a pretty good way to, to end and talk about the core that God wants us to throw out today. And, uh, but, you know, we just want to give you one more chance to say whatever, what would you say? You know how the world is hurting. We know how Israel is, you know, being approached on all sides. You know, they're allowed to be bombed, but they're not allowed to bomb back. And some of these things, how can we pray for you and Israel? What, what, do you, what would you say for your last... Um, um, well, if you're interested in the films, firstly, you can go to our website, hatikvafilms.com, H-A-T-I-K-V-A-H, films.com. And uh, we haven't touched on a couple of the other films that are there, but they will be uh, edifying to you, we trust. And if we want to look and say, okay, well, where are we in history? There's a, there's a verse that's quoted so often. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper that love you. Psalm 122, verse 6. But so yes. so often, as with a lot of scriptures, it's taken out of its context. Without its co-text, it becomes a pretext for a proof text. Say that one more time. <laughs> if you take a scripture out of its context, without its co-text, it becomes a pretext for a proof text. In other words, you can make it say whatever you want it to say. Kind of. Or um, so if you say, uh, another person once said to me, if you take a, context, uh, a scripture out of its context, it becomes a con. Right, And so we need to rightly divide the Word of God and make sure we're applying it in, in the correct way and seeing it in its full context. Now that Psalm 122, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper that love you. The preceding verse is about judgment. And then it says they shall prosper that love you. Now the, if we want to unpack that word shalom as a final thought, shalom in Hebrew does not mean absence of war. It does peace does not mean absence of war in Hebrew. It means wholeness, completeness, and fullness. So if you want mm. to be praying for the shalom of Jerusalem, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you're praying for the eternal purpose of God to be fulfilled, which is centered in Jerusalem. Right. They shall prosper that love you. Well, what's true prosperity? It's not about wealth. It's about knowing Messiah. The very last verse, verse 9 in that Psalm 122 says, For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, so for the sake of the ecclesia, for the sake of the church, I will seek your, that's Israel's good. Right. So it all ties back. The, the premise of what God's redemptive plan and purpose is, he wants Jew and Gentile to be one in his Messiah. Mm. And he's going to do it because he's faithful to his word. The word of God from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation, uh, the end of Revelation is so, so relevant to our today. It's more relevant than tomorrow's Google search, mm. more relevant than what you're going to see on the headlines of the newspapers. And do me a favor, pick it up and read it. Amen. Thank you for the time. I got another question. Okay. <laughs> so I totally agree with you. And as soon as I saw, you know, your scripture that you're using there, I, w I wanted to ask you this last question. But what are some ways that you feel we can bless Israel? Okay, good question. So there's just in Isaiah, there's a whole number of ways. Um, one is comfort, comfort ye, my people. So mm -hmm. there's a means of comfort. Bearing in mind, we talked earlier about what they, what took place with the... Um, uh, in the Holocaust and the mm -hmm. fact that Hitler is perceived as a Christian. Right. Um, uh, taking hold of that and understand, actually, this is a people that need to be comforted. They yes. need to be shown the love of God because they have been judged <laughs> in, yeah. a, in a large way and the nations, as you have done to the nation, so should it be done to you. So comfort. Pray, of course, I've just mentioned that. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It's the only city in the world that's specifically mentioned to be involved in praying. There's another one. Give. And I mentioned that earlier, Romans 15 to verse 27. If you have been um, received of them spiritual gifts, you owe it to them in carnal and material gifts. So you can be involved in giving. Go. Um, Isaiah 2 talks about, come, let us go up to the, to the mountain of the Lord. Come, let us receive of his way. So when the skies open up again, go and visit. Mm. Um, 
I'm trying to think of some other ones for you. Uh, so pray, comfort, give, go. Um, get to know their father. Yeah. And, and, and understand that there is, a, there is a responsibility there. There is an excitement about what's going on and be involved in the, seeing that restoration, be involved in looking and, and taking hold of what Scripture says with regard to it. And uh, yeah, we could go on. We could go well, on. Well, I mean, they are our brothers and sisters. They really mm-hmm. are. And, and, you know, so they are of the household of faith to me, you know. And I understand the only issue really gets down to they don't believe Jesus is the Messiah, but they still believe in the same God, yeah. right? And so that's a revelation that God himself is is going to, you know, kind of put his finger on closer here in the end times. One, one Jew put it to me. He said, you know, the, the key thing is a question of timing. Yes. You know, you, you think the Messiah has come and is coming back. We think he hasn't arrived yet, but he's coming. Exactly. And one of us is going to be proved right at the end. Exactly. I'll take my bets. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on today. And no I hope we all learn some more about Israel and how we can be connected. You know, you are a part of this divine story. And of course, Israel is a part of his divine story. And to be able to see you know, the miracle, the witness that God is absolutely in control of time and peoples and places is probably for me, this is the super sign. Every time I teach a Bible class, I have to go back to what? What did Jesus say, right? No, just what Jesus said, what did God say to Abraham? That's where it all started. So it was so beautiful. You brought out how this is the gospel. This is when the good news actually started, right? And so this is all an extension. If I can show you that God has been good, right? And we, we love to talk about David and all those those people. They make me feel, um, sometimes it makes me feel better about myself, actually, when you study the people of the Bible. But, you know, the reality is, is that this is just the first part of God's family. These are our brothers and sisters. And so I, I'm going to make a call out today. I need you to pray for Israel. I need you to consider blessing Israel. I know you are in straits. And, you know, myself as well, I had to pray about some areas where I felt I could. What? How was God calling me to stand up for Israel, help Israel, and stay connected? Because these are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And as you guys know, you know, we do that, you know, for the persecuted Christians. We've got a multiple different people already lined up to to do some of those but this is god's people and uh in them and through them god uh, chose to share with us and and give us all salvation so we do not we don't leave people behind and uh, so it's very important that we realize they're of the household of faith and so i'm asking you to think about how god is calling you to open up your connection and open up some giving bless israel god says if you bless israel he will bless you. And I absolutely say this probably as many times as I remember, but I truly believe that the fate of America stands in where does it stand with Israel? In other words, the fate future of America is being decided. Where do we stand? We have to stand with God's people and to defend them. So I hope you guys had a great time and great to meet Stephen and uh, God bless you in your ministry. And you also thank you, sir. Hey guys, before we close out, I just wanted to mention that Dr. Kevin has a brand new book out. What's it about? 
the COVID beast, why we cannot give up access to our bodies. You guys don't want to miss out on this because I know you love to hear Kevin talk on and on, but now you get to read his words and it has statistical information in there. You don't want to miss out. Lots of great information. You can get that at supernaturaljunkies.com. We also have an Audible version coming out that will be available on audible.com, but you'll also be able to buy the Audible on our website. That's awesome. And the Kindle version, you can also buy from our website. By the way, the hard copy, you will not find a better price for that anywhere, even on Amazon. That's right. So you want to get it there. Our email list, so important, sign up for that because as soon as new things happen or Kevin has a new event coming up or we're speaking somewhere, you guys will be the first to know if you sign up for that email newsletter. Also, you'll be able to get Supernatural Junkies gear. Thank you so much. Have a blessed week. Anything else, Kev? Nope. God bless you. All right.